Hey guys, we are live. This is Jennifer from the Shooter's Mindset, and we are here with episode 387. I have my co-host with me, Greg Cannon. How's it going? Hey, everyone. And our guest of the hour is Devin Tarrant. How's it going, Devin? Good, good. Happy to be here. I know. I said, it's terrible. I have to have you on the show to see you because I haven't been shooting much this year. So I think it's, gosh, it's probably been a year. Well, maybe not quite a year. No, it probably has been a year. I think but, last time I saw you was at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to fix that. But anyway, um, in the meantime, Devin's been tearing it up and shooting really well in PRS. So we thought we would have her come on. But for anybody that doesn't know you or about you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into precision rifle shooting? Yeah, absolutely. So I started precision rifle shooting in 2020. Uh, it was the year after I graduated high school and I took a gap year before I started college and I needed something to fill my time a little bit. And just so I didn't sit around for a year waiting for college to start. And I had just moved to Huntsville, Alabama and my neighbor, Joseph Hargrave, I'm not sure if he's in here, but he, uh, was already in the PRS, as many of you probably know. And so myself and my dad messaged him and he took us out to the range and the rest is pretty much history. I've been doing it ever since. So what made you choose precision rifle shooting? Um, honestly, probably because that's what he did. Um, I do think that it's the best choice for me. Um, I definitely am not a pistol shooter, never have been, probably never will be. Um, and I grew up shooting rifles um, on a fa my family's farm. And so I had a little bit more experience there. And I just felt a little bit more of like a rush from hitting the long range targets. That's awesome. So you had shot a little bit before kind of just for fun so you kind of knew what you were wanting to get into yeah just like 100 yards maybe like a soda can or a big two liter bottle or something with a hunting rifle but not much more than that I think we saw an awesome picture of those days in the uh, comments earlier today yes my dad he he brought one back out uh I think I was maybe 10 in that picture um ooh long time ago <laughs> and but the same height <laughs> pretty much pretty much the same height same size just a couple <laughs> years younger that's right um so did you do other sports like in high school or growing up so all of growing up from age four to 17 I rode horses and then in high school I played field hockey and I wanted to continue riding horses, but if anyone knows anything about horses, it's probably just as or more expensive than shooting is. And so my dad said that I was not going to do two of the most expensive sports to ever exist simultaneously. And so I chose shooting because it was new and I really loved it. And I really felt like I could go farther with it. That's funny. So that is good advice to kids. Like if you want to get into shooting 
go home and ask your parents for a horse. And then when they say it's too much money, then say, well, I'll settle for learning how to shoot. And exactly. then you just yeah. get in that way. That was my plan all along. <laughs> so now they don't complain about the rifle cost. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Not Jason. <laughs> so what is life like for you outside of shooting? Like, do you just shoot? You said you're in school. What are you in school for? So I am at Auburn University right now. I'm currently a junior getting a bachelor's in industrial and systems engineering. And so between shooting and academics, my life stays pretty busy. Try to make some time in there to hang out with friends and you know, make those college memories because I will only be here so long, but stay pretty busy between engineering and shooting. So what do you want to do for a career? Do you so, know uh, right now I have a jo job lined up after college with the Missile Defense Agency. And so I will probably stay there for a while. I just interned there for the first time last summer and really loved it and I'm super excited to go back and so for now that's probably where I'll be for a good couple of years after college so wait that means it's going to be you protecting me from like incoming nukes and stuff I mean how does that make you feel do you feel safe with that knowledge can you sleep better at night well at least I know you got good aim there you go. That's all that matters. <laughs> that, that's gonna be that's gonna be my my saying before I go to sleep when we're in like those real tough times. Well, at least she's got good aim. It's <laughs> a little bit different with missiles. That's Not that much. Basically, basically the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> um. So. You said that you had a friend down the street that helped you get into shooting. Is is that who introduced you to the sport and kind of got you on track? Pretty much. Yep. So Joey took me and my dad out to the range for that first time. And uh, I brought out my Remington 700 308 and with a factory stock, probably weighed about six pounds. And I was like, I'm ready to do PRS stuff. and he was like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but that day, that's what I shot. And uh, at the end of that range day, he told me about the gap grind and asked me to be his amateur. So I guess I showed a little bit of potential because um, he is very competitive. And I knew if I went out there and absolutely sucked, he definitely would not have asked me. Wait, Joey's competitive? And he hides it really, really well. Um, <laughs> Does he though? Really well. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. How do you balance school, shooting, social life, everything that you're doing at once? How are you managing all that? Um, it's very tough. Uh, I would say a lot of planning goes into it. Um, there's weekends where I know I have a match coming up and that week leading up to it is 
every day trying to get all of my assignments done. Um, I'm looking at the comments now. Yep, someone else loads my ammo. Uh, my dad loads it. And before he was loading it, Joey loads it, which I'm very grateful for because I definitely couldn't fit reloading equipment in my apartment. Um, but it's it's hard to manage. Um, practice time is definitely sacrificed. And so obviously scores that matches are then sacrificed, but really I'm not there for the scores. Uh, it does not bother me one way or the other. Obviously it feels great to shoot well, but being realistic, I know that without practice, I can't improve. And so I am just grateful for the break from school. I'm grateful to see everyone I love to hang out with and just have fun while I'm there and get to shoot and not have to worry about tests that might be that Monday until Monday rolls around. That was always my strategy in college. Just don't worry about it on the weekends. Then I made it through. Yeah, I'm, I got a year and a half left. I'm still going strong. Somehow managed to have all A's right now. Don't know how that <laughs> happened, um, but we're, we're figuring it out. That's awesome. I know we've been at matches before and you were like, I got to go to the room or the next day you were like, I'm tired. I was up till 2 a.m. studying. <laughs> Yep. Uh, I try not to bring my homework with me to matches. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But that means that during that week, I'll pretty much have late nights every single night to just have everything done. So I can just focus on the shooting part and enjoy being there. That is funny. Greg, are there any lives? Sorry, that wasn't working for a second there. Uh, <laughs> Jason said, easy when all you have to do is show up. I and, do uh, more than just show up. I look pretty. Show up and excel. <laughs> she looks pretty too. <laughs> and then uh, Chad said, Joey is a badass, so is Devin. <laughs> That's hilarious. So talk about your rifle build a little bit. So I guess you're not shooting the little six pound rifle. So no longer, no. So I am shooting a, well, in two days, I'm shooting a six dasher in a defiance action foundation stock, GCP uh, chambering, heart rifle or heart barrels. Uh, I have an APA muzzle brake, Collis 525 scope uh mounted with mpa scope rings um i don't know if you can tell but i did write all of this down um <laughs> <laughs> and so the only difference with my regional match setup is that it is a 308 instead of a dasher so just a, a little bit more kick behind it but i don't have to reload it and i don't have to ask anybody to reload it so it comes with its plus sides that's what I was about to say. Is that a choice based on just be availability of ammo or is it a strategy to like, I'm going to practice with a 308 because it's a little bit more difficult wind and recoil management so that when you go to two days, then it's easier? A little bit of both. I would say it started out as a 
just needing to be able to shoot without having to reload all the time and being able to use factory ammo. And then I started practicing with it and I actually really, really liked it. And so I decided to shoot my one days this year with it. And don't ask me why I like it. It definitely kicks my butt. I'm still trying to learn the win, still trying to learn the recoil management part. I definitely don't shoot it better, but I there's something about it that I really do love. That is awesome. So one of the things that women always um, that men always ask really of women shooters, like, well, can you handle that recoil? What do you think, what do you say when people, I know I've heard that question a lot of times, not from PRS shooters, but other people that find out what I do and they're like, how can you handle that recoil? You're just, you know, a small girl. What do you say to them? Um, I would say that that comes with practice. Uh, at first, I definitely couldn't. Um, and as I got used to the gun and how it moved and where it went when it did move, I was able to kind of compensate for that a little bit. And then also my foundation stock uh, really does absorb the shock that I can't absorb. Um, and so that was super important to me and just finding the right weight. There was definitely kind of an equilibrium between enough weight to absorb that shock, but not so much that I couldn't move from position to position. So right now, for me, that's the empty stock with no weight kit in it, and then uh, a one-two straight pipe. So I feel like that's very balanced, um, heavy enough to where it doesn't, you know, move everywhere, but light enough to where I can still move it. That's awesome. And your caliber, you said six dasher for your weekends, two days. Yes. Dasher for two days. So it, it works out well with the dasher. Still working on the 308. Probably take me a good bit of time to figure out the recoil management there, but we're, we're getting close. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of nice with the 308. It, uh, it, it it doesn't it has no filter when it gives you feedback if you're not you know properly i guess seated on the gun it'll let you know if you're reading your wind wrong it'll let you know but what you said about the foundation that that's so true um i had a slight little bit of gun issues this weekend to the point where I shot less than half the stage with my own gun and some really awesome people let me fire rifles for the rest of the match. Um, and Adam Penny gave me a, uh, uh, he's like, oh, I got a 6.5 in the in the truck you can borrow. And I'm like, I really don't care. Just give me something that shoots. And then he pulled it out instead of foundation. I swear that gun kicked less than my GT. Yeah. Just, there, there's some sort of, maybe they like fill them with holy water or something because they <laughs> they just, they work magic. I would believe that. I believe it. Now, I if you haven't shot a foundation stock yet, definitely recommend you do. If you ever see me at a match and want to try one out, I always have ammo that my dad loads for me. He would be upset if I didn't say that. Um, and anyone that wants to try it out can absolutely shoot it anytime. Yeah, it was fun. My my first stage with it was on a 
the MPA barricade, which if you haven't shot it, well, you have, but for those of that are watching that haven't, it's like a little slot this big and a piece of uh, sheet metal, I guess like quarter inch plate steel or something. And uh, it is not a very stable position. You have such a tiny contact. And I'm like so scared about this pretty rifle. Like I'm right, let's try and very carefully slide it in here and I get behind it. And I'm like, all right, you know, let's see how the first time I shoot this not prone is. And it's like, okay, cool. I hit it and there's the target and you could really roll on it, so. Absolutely. <clears throat> so uh, I've heard you actually shoot better barefoot. Better, possibly. Um, I did shoot uh, an entire Alabama one day barefoot. Um, I have this thing where I forget to check the weather before I go to a match. It has- It's not just me? It's not just you. Um, it's also the college student um, who does it as well. So we're like on the same page. Um, but I didn't know that it was going to be pouring rain and I didn't bring the right shoes for pouring rain. And I didn't want to get them all muddy. And so I just didn't wear them and shot the match barefoot. Um, the fire ants really enjoyed that a lot. Um, I did not. And, but I, I do think I shot better since I took my shoes off because I would just be thinking about how gross my shoes were getting the whole time. So I didn't want to have to worry about it. I'll never forget one of the two days you did the same thing too, because you were like a squad or two ahead of me. And I, I remember looking down and it was the uh, PRS barricade where it's like a platform, like a deck and it's on that. And we're sitting there and I looked down and I was like, is Devin barefoot? <laughs> They're like, yeah, she's been barefoot all day. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it was, it was fun. Um, definitely hard to clean, uh, but I, I would do it again. They did put out a lot of gravel. I think that was maybe to deter me from taking my shoes off. Um, <laughs> yeah, that but... hurt. <laughs> it does not feel good. Mm -mm. I, don't, I don't think I've ever shot a whole match barefoot. I've shot a stage half barefoot before. Um, it was my match that I was running, and I put on Crocs in the morning to get into the, into the truck and started talking to people and um got totally distracted until it was time to shoot my first stage and I shot the first position in Crocs the second position was down on like your legs sideways and I felt the knob on the side of the Crocs and I literally screamed like I'm in Crocs what the heck and I threw them off and finished the stage but that was, that was I was wondering what half barefoot meant I was worried that you were going to say you shot like one shoe on one <laughs> no that I started in Crocs and threw them away halfway through check lives real quick that would be extremely weird <laughs> <laughs> ryan hay came in everyone look devin is the only person between you and the missiles from north korea <laughs> <laughs> so we're about at the midpoint of the show remember if you're watching us live on facebook ask any questions you may have in the comment section of the video and we'll ask it live on the air other ways to catch us you can always check back to the shooter's mindset facebook page the videos stay up there forever um, we usually upload to all the podcast apps the night after the show. And then finally, ever, everything eventually ends up on the Shooter's Mindset YouTube page. So that's a great place to check out some of these old historical 387 episodes. 
That's crazy. When we hit 400, we need to do something big. I don't know what. Hmm. Think of something. Let us know if you have an idea in the comments. Yeah, put put in the comments what you think we should do for 400. Like, who should we have on? I feel like we need the OG of something. Be good. So you started at the Gap Grind with Joey. So is that the only Gap Grind you've shot? So I've shot three Gap Grinds up to this point. So my first one was in 2020, and I actually shot a couple matches before that one. And so I ended up classed up prior to that one. And so I shot pro pro with Joey. He was very upset I got classed up because again, he's a little bit competitive. Um, so he was like, we can't win anymore because we're a classed up team. But uh, it was definitely the right choice. Um, and I think I learned a lot more from it, be shooting the pro course of fire. And so do not regret it at all. And then the next year I took on my own AM. And so his name was Jeff Hart and he is a Lieutenant Colonel in the army. And so that was definitely fun. It was very not, I mean, I don't know if I'd say it was hard just because of how I am and how my personality is, but very interesting having like an adult man listen to you and come to you for advice, especially one with such a long military background and ask your advice on shooting and how he should run the stage and that kind of stuff. So it was, it was fun. And so this past year I took on another am. her name was June and she was, she's 15. And so I really wanted to shoot with another girl. Uh, I feel like I could give advice better to her. Um, as you may know, Jen, we can't all do the same thing the guys can do and the guys can't do all the same things that we can do. So trying to give advice to a guy or learn from a guy can be difficult because I was just like, oh, just grab everything in this one hand and then move. And I'm just like, I can't do that. Um, so it was a lot more relatable to shoot with a girl with a similar stature to mine. And I was able to help her out and give her advice on how to run things as a girl. And so I really, really enjoyed that. I do think that, yeah, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, especially in a male dominated sport when women come back as a pro um, and I've never had an issue. I've had, um, you know, amateurs that were men and they listened and, and they did fine. No one's ever been disrespectful or anything, but it is a little odd, you know, whenever it's a, the stereotype is if you see a guy and a girl at a shooting range, what's everybody going to think? They automatically think the dude is shooting and that's his, his girlfriend or sister, you know, <laughs> And so the, it's not usually the assumption, oh, she's the shooter and he's learning from her. So it is very interesting. I think the gap grind is a neat, um, a neat place to be able to see that dynamic kind of, but you are right. Um, it's very, very weird. The differences in our bodies 
um, and even like getting into positions, even like you're kind of shorter. So if you had a guy, he could just stand up probably on some things that you can't. Cause I know, well, for instance, when I saw you barefoot on the deck that day, you were on your tiptoes mm-hmm. <laughs> barefoot because you were teaching the, you were shooting the PRS barricade. So I think it is neat to kind of pair up with someone that is similar to you and your physical ability because it, it does make a difference. Yeah. And I also know that as a girl coming into the sport, it can be intimidating to pair up with a guy, especially someone that you might not know super well. So I wanted to kind of bring her peace of mind and motivation and be able to let her know that she's not alone in these feelings and that we've all been there. We've all felt the intimidation of everything, but it's easily surpassable. I think that, um, I think everybody that comes into PRS, whether they admit it or not, is a little intimidated at first because you walk in and everybody has all this gear and they know what they're talking about. And you're like, I don't even know what that is. Um, I don't know if the guys admit it as much. Um, I think that the women sometimes feel like they are more insecure or stick out more than what we actually do, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think that we're all that different from the guys in that. I just think that women kind of think that we would be out of place. And so I think it feels a little different to the females when actually they're not out of place. (laughs) So we've talked about kind of some of the, a little bit of the disadvantages of being, you know, smaller, being a female, you know, you're shorter, you can't hold a 30 pound rifle up over your head and run nine miles or anything like that. Um, But there's also a lot of advantages. Um, You know, I've, it's always fun, especially watching like Jen, Miss former ballerina over here, like turn into a pretzel and be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to shoot this like this. This is so comfortable. And I'm like, I would have dislocated nine joints trying to do that. Um, so um, probably, I guess the biggest thing I've noticed about female shooters over, um, over guy shooters, especially being a local 22 match director where I got a p- lot of people coming out for their first match is uh, female shooters listen to people smarter than them a lot better than males do um you know not saying you should go and listen to everybody you know you go type on the internet hey i need a prs gun you know you're gonna have people saying oh you know you need a 300 win mag like you know don't listen to that junk but when you're at a match and you know there's a guy that's cleaned the last six stages and he comes up to you and is like hey buddy you know try try doing this you're not doing that quite right try doing this you know guys don't always listen but ladies always do. Like when I have new people showing up that it's literally their very first time shooting any sort of precision um, rifle in a competition, the ladies will be like, you know, they'll, they'll ask for input. They'll be like, you know, did I do okay? And it's like, hey, you know, here, let me, um, you know, let me show you, you know, instead of holding your bag this way, hold your bag this way, you know, I'm like, I don't know how to bend your body into this position, but if you can get, you know, your shoulders to this height and shoot this like this, they listen to everything the next stage they go back and they just smoke it yeah i agree i i think that guys stereotypically not all of them but just kind of forming a stereotype is that they 
they feel like they always know best, even when that might not be the case. And so I, I feel like girls are able to take that criticism without being too upset and like feeling like they're being critiqued as much. And I know personally, I always like, I'll take anyone's advice, even if the person right before them told me the exact opposite. I feel like I can't form my own opinion on things until I hear everyone else's. And so I will take advice from anyone, whether it's your first day or you've been here 10 years, I, I will listen to what you have to say. And sometimes I'll, I'll question it. Why do you do it this way? Why do you feel like this is the right way? And I'm not, you know, afraid of the answers or being told how this is the way it works and this might not be. It's, it just kind of, you have to be able to listen and understand. So you, oh, go ahead, Greg. Oh, I was going to say one of the, uh, one of the best quotes I've heard about this, I think it was in an Instagram video that I think it's Sam Phelps sent me the video, but there was a quote in it that said, uh, your ego is not your amigo. And that's, uh, that's very true in this sport. You know, you got to be humble. You got to listen. You know, there is not a single person in this sport that knows everything that, that can't learn something from somebody else. I a hundred percent agree. So you talked a little bit about how Joey got you into shooting and I know he's kind of taken you under his wing and really has mentored you through every step of, you know, this is what you should buy. This is what you should do shooting. Um, so just kind of having an overall mentor, how important do you think that that was to you becoming successful? Cause you've won some high lady trophies um, and shot really, really well. So do you think that that mentorship made a big difference? Oh, absolutely. I think kind of finding someone that you trust and you can go to the range with and just practice with is key because, I mean, if I started on my own, I probably would have formed some really bad habits. And I mean, once you form a habit, it's pretty hard to break it, whether it's slapping the trigger or not following through on your shot, just having, I mean, even if it's just a partner that might be at the same level as you, just having someone there with you to call you out when you do something that you might not realize, because it can be really subconscious and you don't know and you keep getting frustrated because you're you're not performing the way you want to perform and then someone watches you or you video yourself and you're like oh I you know wasn't squared up my rifle I wasn't I didn't like absorb the recoil the way I was supposed to I was slapping the trigger and so just having a second person there to watch you and be able to call you out and kind of discuss problems with is extremely extremely important. So you had a great mentor. So now who are you going to mentor? Um, I would love to mentor anyone that, you know, wants to be. It's anybody that'll listen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anybody that'll listen to me. Um, it's hard to find the time that I want to dedicate to something like that, especially when it comes to the grind and finding a partner for that. I mean, I feel terrible 
when I pick up an amateur for the grind and I'm like, hey, like you should absolutely shoot this match with me. But by the way, like I hardly find time to practice myself. So I'm not really sure when I'm going to help you practice, but meet me at this at KM um on this day. So my hope is that when I graduate college, I can kind of take on the mentor role a little bit more and hopefully get some other female shooters into the sport. But until then, yeah, anyone that'll listen at matches, at the range if I'm out, just message me. I mean, honestly, anything. So how do you think we can get more women into shooting PRS? And like, if you had somebody that was like, I don't know, I'd kind of like to do it, but I'm not sure. Like, what would you say to that female? So it's a two-part question, that part. And then how can we encourage more women to get into PRS in general? Um, I mean, I would say, you know, give it a try. Go out to the range like I did my first time. I mean, even if you don't feel fully prepared to sign up for a competition yet, you kind of just want to practice. And if you are able to go out with someone that has PRS experience and know how these things are run, then they can, you know, set up mock stages for you. And I, I knew when I went out there and ran even just like the practice mock stages that this was something I was really going to enjoy. So it's a good tell whether or not you feel like this is something that you could really get into. And I mean, all of the females in this sport and the males, everyone is so welcoming, but I know, like we talked about earlier, it can be intimidating to go up and talk to a guy about it. But if you ever need advice or want someone to go to the range with you, I mean, if you live near Auburn, Alabama, I will make time and you can message me anytime. And I'm sure the same can be said for pretty much any female shooter in this sport. If you send us a message or reach out, hey, like, I really want to shoot. I'm going to be at this match. Squad with me. I'll squad with you. I'll move to wherever I can shoot with you. And we can, you know, figure it out together and have a good time. It is super fun. I think one of my favorite matches was the finale of 2020. You weren't on there, though. Didn't they put y'all with the juniors? Mm-hmm. I was with the juniors in 2020. You and Allison were with the juniors, but the rest of the women, they had us all on one squad and we just had the best time because it was like the girl squad and like three dudes and I they thought it was, it was great. And somebody uh-huh. else. I think Tom Fuller was one of the guys. I remember that. I think so. Um, but it was fun, but we had a good time. Like there's no cattiness. I really feel like the men are worse about that than the women in PRS. <laughs> 100%. Like, I don't know a single female in the sport that's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smack talk this person behind their back, la da da. Like, you'll, you'll straight up say it like, hey, you're being dumb. Stop it. Yeah, we just are real with each other. And, um, but all the women <laughs> encourage each other, which is my favorite thing because everybody truly wants to see the others do well. So it's not like, yeah, hope you do well. And, you know, you're not, it's genuine. Like everybody really wants to see each other succeed and celebrates with each other, which I love about it. Whitney Saunders want to know, wants to know if he qualifies for the all lady squad since his name is Whitney. 
as soon as you ask Rick about the jerseys, then you can you can join our squad. He'll know what I mean by that. Awesome. Well, the problem with Whitney is you got to keep him on his feet because he likes to pass out so all the women come around him. <laughs> hey, he's a smart man. <laughs> there was a match. Gosh, this has probably been four years ago. Yeah, probably. Arena, and it was hot as blazes. Oh, my gosh. It was like the hottest boiler room in hell. It was so hot that match. And um, yeah, he he didn't quite drink enough water. And apparently when he came to, it was me and Candace and Teresa over top of him. It was funny. <laughs> it was very funny. So if a female was asking about like, well, I'm too small or I'm too weak. I'm not, you know, we're at a disadvantage. Do you think that females are really at a disadvantage? I think that everyone is at a disadvantage until they start to practice and figure out what works for them. I mean, obviously on the taller barricades, there might be some trouble, but I spend a lot of my practice time shooting off my tippy toes. And so I've gotten pretty good at it and I just, everyone has their own disadvantage. And so if you use your practice time working on that, then it can't be a disadvantage anymore. I think that there are disadvantages as far as, like you said, if you just can't reach to get over it. But I also think there are disadvantages for men that are very large and not flexible and they can't get into, you know, crawling up into the helicopters, some of the positions you have to get into on the seat, you know, to get out the window. Um, I, I have trouble climbing up in the deuces, um, partly because I'm getting old and out of shape, but um, I think that everybody can have different disadvantages. There's people that have bad knees and have trouble kneeling, you know, so I don't think it's necessarily um, female specific that there's disadvantages. I think it all kind of comes out in the wash for the most part. Um, and pretty much anymore, there's not many positions that, you know, that women can't reach. Mm -hmm. I know before there sometimes were some really tall positions, but I think, I feel like the match directors have really tried to accommodate that and make sure that everybody has a fair shake at you know, get in a stable position to be able to shoot. So I don't think there's a lot of disadvantages for females more so than males. I think that we can, I think there are women that can shoot very, very well. You beat a lot of guys. Um, Allison beats a lot of guys. Have you, have you beat Joey yet? I have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is good. The, the most recent time was at this most previous uh, gap grind which is fun I always love going to the gap grind with him because it always comes full circle back to when we were a team so it was it was fun but I will say uh, I shot full acres this past weekend and I feel like I need to start keeping like cinder blocks in my backpack or something because there were at least four stages that I can think of that I had to stand on cinder blocks in order to to reach them there were some tall ones out there and there was only one where they actually had uh had cinder blocks on and of course that came to my disadvantage because i was such a mess trying to figure out a rifle that wasn't mine and everything and uh 
ran up there. The blocks weren't there last time I looked, and somebody moved the blocks back in before the stage. And I'm like, uh, what do I do now? Sarah used to have a stool that she carried. It was like, you can get them at like Walmart, but it's like a little plastic stool, but it collapses like this mm -hmm. and had a handle. And so she could like tie it on the outside of her bag and she would just, you know, have it ready and in her hand, have her gun and have the stool in her hand. And so she could plop it down whenever the Practical stage stool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Luckily, they don't make me deploy my cinder blocks on the clock because that would not be fun. And that would be something I would argue as a disadvantage. Um, but as yeah. somebody 6'2, I would argue for you. So I appreciate it. Joey yeah. said for the record, she's he used different words, but as of right now, you've whooped his butt three times and we're still counting. I mean, I feel. He he will probably agree with me, but he should be honored when I beat him because he taught me most of the things that I know. So mm -hmm. that's right. You're the biggest success for a teacher is when the student becomes a teacher. Mm -hmm. Are there other lives, Greg? There are a lot of lives. Some of them are a little bit late. Um, back to the uh, finding your student. Joey said this, and I kind of read it in Mr. Miyagi's voice because it sounded so profound. He you has really, wisdom like that. You rarely find your student. They usually find you. Jason reached out to him, and that's how him and you got together. Yeah. Uh, Rick Lowell just volunteered to be your stepping stool if there's not blocks available. Thank um, you, Rick. <laughs> I think there's one more that I was going to. So Rick's going to just lay down and let her stand on him. <laughs> That's teamwork there. Um, while I'm looking, Rick asks, what's next for you as far as it pertains to competing? Um, I will be at the finale in November. So that's next on my list. And then I think after that, I'll have some time off until next year. Uh, you never know what might come up, but... Normally, when like a long stretch like that comes around, I get really like antsy and I start like searching up matches wherever I can find them. I don't like to go too long without going to one. So, so you're telling us is you're an addict. You starting to get twitches or starting. <laughs> I I don't know if I'd use that word, but whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> Gotta get your fix. Something like that. So, in your trips to Alabama this year, have you by any chance climbed on any horse statues? You know, I I thought about it, but then I was like, I can't do it without Jen. I only we gotta we gotta do it together. This can't be a a one one off thing. So. When we were at Alabama, we um, went to go eat at a restaurant, and outside there was these, I mean, it was probably four feet tall, the base, and then on top of the four foot tall base, there were these, like, four horses, and just statues of horses, no riders, just horses, and I was like, I'm gonna go get on that statue. And Corey Adamski 
He goes, I dare you. I looked at Devin and we were like, come on. So we went and got on, we climbed all the way up onto the statue with help and took pictures up there. So I was about to say, I do think that pictures exist. I don't know that we want to see them, but I do know that they're out there. They are out there. They may not go out to the public necessarily, but they do exist. Yeah, we won't share those. We'll we'll share. I think you need one of these patches then. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it's the truth. We're all kind of junkies. Mm -hmm. Joey no. said to be a good teacher, you have to be able to enjoy your student success over your own, which is very, very true. And then uh, Rick asked goals. What are some of your next goals as it pertains to competition? Uh, goals as it pertains to competitions. Um, so I'll be honest, I always, you know, hope to do well, but being realistic with myself and the position I'm in right now, being in college and just not being able to find the time that I want to put into it. I, I don't set super high expectations because I know that without practice, I won't be able to improve and I won't be able to, to finish where I want to finish. So once I am out of school, goals will be set very high, but for right now, goals are to graduate school. Um, <laughs> and hopefully still be able to make it to matches while pursuing my degree. And, you know, if I walk out with some hardware, amazing. If I don't, also amazing, because I'm just grateful for the time there and grateful to be with everyone. On the school thing, uh, Jeff Hellman asked, how are your grades? I have all A's right now. So, Pretty good, pretty good. Jeff always asks how my grades are. Uh, he had a son in Auburn Engineering as well. Oh, cool. So, always, Jeff, don't stress. All good. <laughs> all good, all good. So, in a dream world, if you were to graduate and you had time to shoot, what would be your ultimate PRS goal? What's like the one thing that you're like, man, if I could just attain that? Hmm. We'll say post-graduation. Post-graduation. See, I mean, I would like to say, you know, some big trophy somewhere, but really, I, I don't feel like even once I graduate that that will be the most important thing to me. I mean, my goal now and probably forever will be to just, you know, make an impact on people whether it be new shooters and being the person that, you know, sticks, you know, an arm out for them and helps them when they need it. Or if someone has a bad stage, putting a smile back on their face and remembering while we're here and it's not about that one stage and it's not about this one match. I mean, we won't remember it three matches from now anyway. So if you crash and burn today, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It won't matter. Um, and so just, being a light for everyone else and reminding them the just to be grateful for what we have and where we are and that I always tell people hey you still have both eyes you have all your fingers and toes you're still walking sounds like a good day to me you're you're doing great you're doing fine 
So just to make an impact, I would say. That's right. I mean, not to quote hangover or anything, but, but did you die? Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I almost did a couple of times this weekend, that whole, you still have your eyes and your fingers thing. That one kind of hit home for me because I came close a couple of times over the, uh, the course of this weekend with how that gun was shooting, but that is true. And that's very much your attitude. It matches, you know, um, I literally finished the worst this weekend that I ever have in all of my shooting career in any match I've ever shot. It, like catastrophic gun issues and just it, it wasn't working out. But, you know, you're walking around with a big smile on your face like, yeah, you know, I had a carbon ring. It's a great day out. It's beautiful. <laughs> and, you know, just that uplifting spirit that you need. And literally, you know, I think everybody at the match knew that I was just. But, you know, the the positivity, you know, I'm not going to remember that the gun broke and i'm probably gonna screw up and get myself another card ring but i'm gonna remember like you know everybody you know on sunday morning after i spent all night scrubbing my gun like everybody's standing around does it work or is it good you want to use mine you know that's that's the kind of stuff that makes this what it is and you know it means it's just great to have positive people in the sport you gonna get any of your classmates into it um I I think I might finally take my roommate to the range this weekend. Um, her parents have been begging me to teach her how to shoot. Um, she's kind of eh about it. She's also like my best friend, not just my roommate, but um, might make it out this weekend. And uh, as far as all of my other friends here, they they talk about it a lot, but I I think that they just like to come over and just look at the guns every time someone new <laughs> just like can we can we see your gun can we can we look at your guns and I'm just like yeah we can we can look at the guns that's fine <laughs> your dad wants to know who's your gun who's going to be your am next year so right now I think that I'm going to shoot with Ellie Truitt so hopefully she'll feel ready to shoot with me next year she might shoot with her dad one more year I think but if she feels ready I would love to shoot with Ellie um I think we would make a pretty good team and I think we'd have a really good time that would be awesome I hope that I hope that happens next year that's going to be great to see you too she's so cute Mm -hmm. I know I shot she shot on my squad uh this past gap grind and it was amazing to watch she's just I see a lot of the same traits that I have when I first started in her just not settling for easier than what everyone else had to go through and you know taking misses like a champ celebrating hits I mean just I, she motivated me to make it through the weekend because by stage 15, I was like, ooh, I don't know how much longer I can do this. And then I would look at Ellie and she'd still be pushing through. And I'd be like, okay, if Ellie can push through, I can push through. So. <laughs> how old is she now? She, I think she's nine or 10. That's what I was thinking, nine or 10. I just can't remember. Yes, Joey said we'll be the same height next year. That's probably true. <laughs> She's gaining on me. She might be taller than me. 
That is funny. <laughs> Y'all will be the shorty squad. <laughs> the, the shorty team. <laughs> Greg, are there any more lives? Uh, I think we are good on lives. All right. Well, I think then that we can wrap it down to shout outs. We normally start with Greg. Oh, I'm unprepared for this. Um, all right, we'll start off with GSL suppressors. They're super awesome. Make your guns nice and quiet. Um, shooters and sharpshooters of Augusta are local indoor and outdoor ranges. Super awesome places. PDC Custom, most beautiful rifle chassis known to man. Uh, shooters World Powder. Uh, Hunter's HD Gold, because I am super blind, and uh, they make me less blind, and I can see all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, fix it six i used the ever living oh, i can't say that word i used i used those a lot this weekend when your stuff breaks they're really good to have not only for you but for your squad mates also and um vortec and i know i say this but apparently you're really really supposed to clean those things um and then also shout outs to uh adam peeney and Roger Curry, um, both of whom lent me really, really awesome rifles over the course of the weekend so that I could try and shoot things besides for dirt and keep from blowing myself up. Um, I really do appreciate it, guys. That's how I think every match I go to, someone has a gun issue and there is someone that just is like, here's a gun, here's ammo, go shoot and have fun. Like, No, it's not someone, it's multiple people. And it's a really really challenging because everybody's trying to give you a gun and ammo and you're like i don't know who will i who will i offend least by saying i'm gonna take the other guy's gun <laughs> it is just a testament though to the um the sportsmanship and the sport which is why i love prs mm -hmm. i know there are some sports where people will go sabotage each other but that's i really don't feel like that's prevalent at all in the shooting sports mm -mm. So it's wonderful. Devin, what kind of shout outs you got? Okay. Uh, I would like to give a shout out to my dad. Uh, he loads great ammo. Ammo shooter uh, extraordinaire. Yes. And he supports me in everything I do, even when he might think that I'm spreading myself too thin. He will never tell me no, which might not be the best thing ever, but works right now um uh thank you to joey for everything that you've taught me and how far i've gotten in this sport is due to you and all of the hard work that you've put into teaching me and making me the shooter that i am um shout out to rick scrivens and gcp rifle co for making some hammers um could not do it without those guns and the GCP team as a whole, I know any match that I'm at that even just one of them is there that I have a friend and I have someone that will have my back and support me. That entire team is amazing. Um, shout out to Foundation Stocks. Uh, definitely would not be having as much fun shooting my 308 as I am if, it, if I didn't have it in a foundation. <laughs> um shout out to heart barrels for making some great barrels uh timmy triggers making some amazing triggers uh armageddon gear extremely stable game changers and now tripod caddies just everything armageddon gear is extremely well built uh coloscopes amazing clarity 
I love my callus. Uh, and then defiance actions have one of the smoothest actions I've ever felt. Luckily to mine. Um, and I think that's about it. That's a lot. <laughs> just a few. Well, <laughs> just a few. Well, for more for my shout outs, I just want to shout out you, Devin, for coming on. I know you're super busy and you have a test tomorrow, um, but I appreciate that you were willing to come on here and talk. Um, I mean, I like having the male shooters on, but I do like having female shooters on just so that women that are not already in the sport can see that there are women um, that do this and do well at it and kind of encourage that growth there. So I always like to have female shooters on and I got to see you because I haven't seen you in forever so <laughs> I appreciate you coming on and doing that um and with that I think it'll be a wrap for episode 387 and we will see everybody next time bye thank you